0: Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor, and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world.
1: Welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Shelley Flett, Leadership Development and Team Performance Expert. Welcome, Shelley.
2: Thank you. Great to be on your show.
1: Absolute pleasure to have you. And um, yeah, so tell us a bit about uh, what does a leadership development, what was those other things?
2: <laughs> leadership <laughs> Development and Team Performance Expert. Team Performance yes.
1: Expert. Yeah, give us a bit of uh, background for our, um, for our audience.
2: Yeah. So I work with uh, leaders and businesses in improving their team culture and obviously their leadership capabilities. Um, so with the idea that they will get better business results um, and their um, efficiency and productivity will all improve as a result of how they lead and, and manage people. So yeah, I um, that's me in a nutshell.
1: Uh, terrific. And look, you actually um, gave me a copy of your book when we met, and I was happened to read the introduction the other day, and uh, I noticed you got an interest, interesting background, farm girl, uh, farm girl made good, and um, you've also got a call center background.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So uh, born and bred on a dairy farm, my parents moved us then to an orange orchard, so that was an interesting change. Meant a lot of hard work, so uh, weekends. After school was all spent working on the farm, and uh, escaped to the city as soon as I could. Um, when I was probably about 20, uh, and the first job that I got when I was when I moved to Melbourne was in the call centre. So I spent quite a few years in the call centre, and then uh, sort of back that up with a side job in hospitality. So have um, have the experience across both those areas.
1: Great. So that is not the farming, but the call centre work is certainly something we have in common, where we both started <laughs> our careers there, and it's always yeah. one of those things get to like-minded call centre people together of, uh, you know, that's, you know, we're off and running and...
2: uh, We speak the same language.
1: Speak the same language and bore (laughs) bore everyone else. So we'll try to avoid that. um,
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) But we'll touch on the the good aspects of it uh, possibly. So, look, to get the interview started, um, pineapple on pizza. Love it or hate it?
2: Love it. Love, love, love it. I think uh, you really can't go without... Um, pineapple on pizza it's probably i love pineapple it's probably the only time i eat it these days is on my pizza
1: so fruit on pizza is actually acceptable or specific just to pineapple
2: uh oh i'm not sure what other fruit you could have on pizza <laughs> I, don't, but I don't know either <laughs> I'm, I'm open to pineapple at this stage probably yeah. not apple or strawberry um but yeah definitely pineapple
1: <laughs> fantastic um so as a result shelly it'd be great to get from you for our audience if you can uh relate relay uh, your best ever coaching experience
2: yeah so probably my best coaching experience was coaching a guy who didn't know that he was in any type of trouble so i was um, engaged by um, his manager to come in and work with him and uh, when i started working with him he said to me everything's fine um you know getting good results my team are enjoying Um, being with me and, you know, there's nothing really that we can do together. So um, I said, okay, so where would you like me to start? And so we started by reviewing emails. So he said, well, you can help me help with some feedback on the emails that I do. Um, And so working with him over, you know, a six-month period, got to – had quite a few sort of light bulb moments where he said, wow, is that how people are looking at me? Is that how I'm perceived by others? really expanding his self-awareness. And, uh, you know, towards the end of um, our coaching relationship, he was really surprised at the fact that he hadn't realised the the downward spiral that he'd been kind of trapped in. Uh, Things had happened so gradually over time. You know, there were certain things that took place that had threatened or had sort of posed as a bit of a threat for him and he'd locked people out and really shut himself off. Um, so he stopped being his true self. And so being able to give him back what made him successful in the first place was amazing and is still probably, you know, my best example of a good coaching experience.
1: Brilliant. And I love yeah. that, uh, you know, it's all, it was all centred around that, that uh, the self-awareness and when that kicked in, obviously he had some breakthroughs
2: absolutely and he he couldn't realize that he didn't think he needed me in the first place so yeah. that was
1: yeah that was good he enjoyed working with
2: me <laughs> after a couple of weeks yeah.
1: <laughs> takes a while does it Shelley?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well in this in this case yes but not usually
1: <laughs> brilliant um what about your worst ever experience as a as a coach or even as a, as a on, the, on the other end
2: uh, look, I'd, I'd probably like to share one as a coach for for all the coaches yeah. that are out there listening because so I think, um, you know, it started, my journey started, my coaching journey started when I was still uh, in the corporate environment and so I was coaching on the side along with the work that I was doing um, and this particular instance, I look back and I and I absolutely know that the... Where I went wrong is that I was suffering from severe imposter syndrome. Yeah. I, um, I met with someone who could have really used my experience and my expertise and the perspective that I brought to things and I let my perception of who she was um, just overrule everything that I, I thought I knew. So I was, on in hindsight, I was a blubbering mess Um, And I was trying to satisfy her the whole time. Rather than doing what I do best, um, which is challenge people on what they say and how they think and offer them a different perspective, I was trying to align myself. I was trying to be someone that I'm absolutely not. Mm. Um, And, you know, still to today, I have instances where I, I have that imposter syndrome sort of seep in. And can I you have just to ex- very, sorry
1: Shelley, can, would it be good can you just explain for those that might not be aware of what that is well, probably everyone's gone yeah. through it but yeah. the label the imposter syndrome
2: yeah so it's uh, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fraud I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing I'm not yep. qualified to have the opinions that I have um, and you know feeling like I'm yeah feeling like I'm a fraud Is
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> that imposter syndrome I think Amy Cuddy um, explains it really well in her TED talk yeah um, so yeah, it was it was very much around me feeling that i wasn't I wasn't worthy enough or that I didn't have the experience or that I didn't have the qualifications to be able to be giving advice to this person where absolutely I could. Um, and you know even now when I uh, have moments where I feel that imposter syndrome coming in, I really have to sort of breathe through it and remind myself that what I'm bringing to the table is unique to me. Um, and it offers a different perspective and that's okay i can do that
1: yeah brilliant that's a terrific example i think emma and i will uh, talk about that at length so um uh, uh shelly i nearly said emma then so Shelley, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sli- uh we're now up to our sliding doors question can you tell us about a pivotal moment or moments that's mm. happened in your career that has set you on your path to where you are now
2: yeah, so growing up um, in the country and, and having a bit of a farm background, um, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I left school. Um, I wasn't academic, so I didn't want to go down the uni path, but it was really understanding, well, what am I capable of? Um, and I started my first office job when I left school because I, I did work in hospitality, but my first office job was working as a junior bookkeeper for an accounting firm. Uh, and... The biggest sliding door moment was my decision to move to Melbourne. So, my high school sweetheart boyfriend that I'd had for a few years um, had dumped me for about the fourth time, I think, and um, and this the final time. I just said, you know what, I'm I'm done playing this game, and I'm going to move to Melbourne. So I moved to Melbourne. I often think, um, I often think about what that could have meant had I have. Um, had he not have dumped me, and had I have stayed in <laughs> the <laughs> country, you know what what that would look like. And it was um, it was mm. my move to Melbourne, my transition to a, to a call center, and really expanding. Wow, I'm I'm actually capable of so much more. And I love 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 people more than I love accounting on so many levels. So <laughs> I really, you know, it was great to be able to to experience a different side of. Um, office work because that one experience in accounting was not ideal. It certainly didn't play to my strengths.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And look, yeah. that's talked to, that I mentioned at the start about those that come from a call center background. I think one of the common things between us that, that go through that mm. experience is, you know, the call center is a microcosm of business more broadly. Ah, absolutely. There's, yeah. And so what, what is It's the perfect foundation, the perfect grounding. To find out where your strengths and abilities yeah. and pre- you know you just things you enjoy you know where that lies in, in a business context
2: mm. um, the fast pace and the you know really needing to respond and think on your feet I think I loved learning that and it's a hard lesson to learn in a call yeah. center but you know I, I was lucky to have some really good leaders yeah
1: fantastic time. so yeah. Shelley in three words or less what do you think makes a great coach
2: so three, three words doesn't give many, but I think <laughs> listen, really listen.
1: So that, listen. Listen, really listen.
2: Yeah. So it's not just listen, because I think just mm-hmm. listen is to respond. Um, I think listen but and really listen, like listen to understand.
1: Yeah. Listen to understand. Yeah.
3: So Simon, you started with the pineapple question. Now we haven't heard that one on a, on a pizza. We've always gone obviously anchovies or you know the uh, the veggie might like it, or, you know love it or hate it. Well done. I like I liked that you went pineapple. Just yeah. a little bit different.
1: Uh, you got to keep it fresh. Um, and uh, to be honest, when I did the interview with Shelley around that time, there was something in the news that I caught briefly. I didn't quite get a handle on it fully, but I something about the I don't know if it's the president or a prime minister of Iceland. I think. There was something about his—he was banning pineapple on pizza, <laughs> <laughs> and Crazy. I thought, yeah, it's, it's 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 quite an Australian thing as well. I think there's a lot of popularity around pineapple because we've got fresh pineapple available. So yeah, yeah, but.
3: And yeah. a lot of people don't like anchovies. I mean, I know you, you're a lover, so no, I, you, I, I can't respect <laughs> people who don't like
1: anchovies. I'm I'm sorry. No, um, <laughs> and and but, it seems to be, there seems to be quite a few people who don't. So
3: yeah, exactly. No, so nice change. up. It's funny too. You know, I often find uh, you know when the, the questions are great opening for our for our podcast because hmm. you know they're expecting a. a, a coaching question or a sports question in my case and uh, I throw them the Vegemite line often when I'm overseas and you know just it actually does break their pattern um one of my favorite things to do actually when I'm at a restaurant you know like can I come and take your order um I'm good thanks how are you how's your day and they go what it's like just yeah, yeah
1: just take make place an order please <laughs> yeah
3: yeah yeah but you know some people really go oh you know thanks for asking you know and taking time I mean yeah um, because yeah, it is
1: different yeah my
3: um my sister um and and this isn't because she's related to me she is a big fan of the show um, and being because she's a coach she's a teacher and she's you know got that the background yeah. in um, in horsenality which I will definitely have to have actually have her as um as one of our um guests on the show because, you know, she'll, she'll have some great insights from the, the, you know, the horsing world and the teaching world in the in yeah, the ar- artist um, industry. And um, one of her – what she's done is she's taken um, the Vegemite and she now does a lot of work around honey and Vegemite. So she takes honey and Vegemite, so which is sweet and sour and yeah, yeah. left brain, right brain stuff, and she does a lot of work with kids around you know, is it honey? Is it Vegemite? So, is it asking kids to tap into to the different um, parts of their brain when they're doing um, artistic type type drawings? Yeah, but right. again, let's get her on the show. So, actually, I probably <laughs> I probably didn't, really didn't do that justice. But um, but uh, anyway, great great first question and uh, awesome, you know, beautiful energy in her voice. I, I don't know her, but straight away I was instantly I wanted I was drawn in to listen mm. to her. And,
1: uh... I think it's that country girl thing.
3: Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe
1: it is, yeah. But, uh, no, she's, um, a terrific, uh, leadership coach, uh, with, um, uh, within business. And, uh, I thought she'd be... Yeah, we, we'd recently connected, um, and turns out we, uh, have a shared experience in terms of our call center backgrounds. Um, very, very similar paths in, in terms of the foundations of our careers. Yeah. So... And it's one of those things, it's a bit, um, a bit like probably the tennis world. You know, you know, you're dealing with tennis people. When you're dealing with call center people, you know, there's where you've been brought up uh, in those formative years. Um, it's some, there's something about that environment that those that have been in it uh, can relate to, and it's hard to understand unless you've unless you've been in it. So, yeah. Um, so that that was, um, uh, yeah. We had good extended conversation apart from the interview around that. So
3: yeah, great and awesome you know, opportunity f- where someone doesn't necessarily want to be coached. Um, in, in this case, actually, or, you know, I don't, I don't need coaching. Uh, things are going well. I'm hitting my targets. I'm hitting my sales and uh, I'm doing well. And so, you know, the first thing that struck me is rather than, um, you know, her, her saying like, well, you do need coaching and, and, you know, going there, she says, well, what is it that you want to work on? So she just straight away opens up and just says, "Okay, well, is there any? You know, is there something that you just want to focus on?" And so, oh, maybe you could help me look through these emails.
1: Mm. Or nah, I'm all good.
3: Yeah, which which
1: he he, (laughs) nothing to see here. Move along. (laughs) Yeah,
3: which can happen. And I think this is going to be a. I don't know. You may see a bit of a theme happening here Mm. because throughout this whole this whole episode, in relation to you know the 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 coach and the player and that that relationship and that mm-hmm. dynamics and yeah, then yeah. for me as well add the parents in there as well that's yeah, that's the other dynamic yeah, that yeah. I'm often dealing with so she does I guess a softly softly approach looking at the emails to the point where he has almost what uh, what we call you know like the the aha moment or the three sixty and actually goes oh. Is this what people think mm, of me?
1: Just through clearly, just through him, you know. Put yeah. A, talk about putting a spanner in the works. Yeah. In, in terms of him having, uh, yeah, the, I suppose the lack of self awareness. Yes. As the impact that he was having yes. on others.
3: Which which hit me straight into a, a light bulb um, flashback actually around uh, in my formative coaching years. I was mentored by David Parkin. And studied under him. Yep. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, a legendary uh, football coach. And at the time, he was the head coach of the Carton Football Club, which is my team, of course. Uh, and uh, so, anyways, I was, I was even listening probably more intently to hear what he – and so he did a full 360 on himself, anonymous with his players. Yep. And he lectured to us 8 o'clock in the morning by 5 past 8, you know, the veins popping out of his neck, the sweat pouring off his voice, So such a passionate guy, telling us – he couldn't believe the answers and that they they didn't think he was approachable. They mm. found him to be quite autocratic and he was like, wow, yeah. I can't believe this. And so it reminded me for him to share that with us as young, fresh, 18, 19-year-olds sitting in that room was like he, he's a head coach of the football club. Like he put himself on the line. Yeah. Which is, which is even this, this gentleman that she was coaching is for him to have the, the insight or, you know, for her to, I guess, through her, her, her skill set to guide him into some self-reflection. I think the more we can do that, the better. What are your thoughts?
1: Absolutely. And it goes back to themes that keeps coming up uh, around measurement, getting data uh, in order to help use as a tool to, to cut through and, and create, uh, I suppose, factual, inarguable uh evidence and insight um for example in this case you know email surveys of staff to actually and and where the the numbers don't lie you know if it was roughly equal or you know at a mixed bag but it was very very clear that um it, his, his style his approach wasn't working wasn't resonating uh to pretty much everyone mm. so even for someone who's say, close-minded around or just for whatever reason thinks I'm I'm good at what I do, I'm doing a great job in the... Yeah, that's easy to say in the absence of any evidence to suggest otherwise. But like the David Parking example, if you actually go through a process, uh, whether in some cases in business where you're forced through that process or you proactively, voluntarily put yourself out there mm-hmm. like in a 360-degree feedback sort of way, then um, I think regardless of what's brought you there that can be quite uh, shocking to start with, but then I think ultimately liberating because the truth does set you free. And so as hard as it is for all of us, you know, to to uh, seek out feedback like that, uh, especially where it, when it does come mm. back as quite different to what you expected, then uh, I think it's it's, it's valuable, um, extremely valuable, obviously, mm. as the starting point for the next, for, for development.
3: Speaking of development, I guess um, thank you, Shelley, for sharing you know so openly and honestly. You know, her, her work, one of her worst coaching moments, which I think, especially as young coaches, I'm sure a lot of our listeners can also maybe relate to being in a situation where all of a sudden you're you're suffering from imposter sy- syndrome.
1: Yeah, is that a term you have, you were familiar with? No. Prior to no. Which, Definitely not. Uh, I mean, I I was, um, but quite recent. I've done it, actually mm-hmm. discovered that by accident, um, just reading about a number of various business articles de- dealing with the psychology of, you know, performance and individuals and and. Uh,
3: and perhaps we could also put managing the, you know. the TED Talk link.
1: Yes, she refers uh, to Amy Cuddy C- TED Talk. So yeah. we'll um we'll source that and put it on our page. Uh, but yeah, it's it's look, it's I think everyone everyone. Can Apart from those complete narcissists, can relate. <laughs> I think everyone at some point has gone through it or for some it's a continuous battle, mm, process mm. of feeling like you don't belong. Uh, I'm not worthy. Um, I don't quite have the skills. Look at all these other professionals around me who are clearly uh, capable and expert and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, look at poor old me, little old me. You yeah. Know. And especially who, who you're coaching. Yes. So if, if they're
3: it pers- and she even mentions it, as in um, perceived that this woman to be a certain way, yes. that she actually you know went into that oh, no because of mm. who this person is and and again making assumptions around exactly. potentially who yep. this person potentially you is. project
1: don't you we yes. often project our yeah. own fears onto uh, the situation which may or may not have any actual basis in truth
3: Mm. and have you ever tried to coach in being someone you're not
1: yes well with uh one of our earlier episodes i remember we we talked about that where uh, well some of our guests some of their experience i remember tim simons and um revealing that horrible moment of uh where he took on as a new consultant in business some work uh uh, which was out of his core skill set and it just you know and myself i've done that you know, and I fell flat on my face. Yeah,
3: and in small business we have to be so careful and that's why the more in line we are with our higher purpose and for me this has been what's been such a great year so far. I just yeah. feel so connected with the three things that I'm about that literally all my decisions are guided by that. And And I love how, you know, she just really talks about if you actually breathe into it and be who you are, then... You can do what you do naturally, which is she talks about challenge people. Yeah. She talks about having a different perspective on a situation, bringing fresh light to something where... Well,
1: I suppose not making assumptions, yeah, isn't it? Actually yeah. question. Yeah. Question it. And the answers could reveal actually, no, you know, the, the first impression is correct, but it's been established through a process rather than just taking it at face value. Mm, mm. So um,
3: I really like I, I really like breathing into it. I know you do. Uh, you did too. But you know sometimes we do. I know when I'm dealing with difficult even parent situations where yeah. you know let's say again the the, the child might not want to be there. Yes. The child might and the parent saying, "Yep, you you're going you're, to, you're going along. to tennis <laughs> lessons." So, you know, breathing into that for me and actually having that authentic conversation with the 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 parent around whether this is the best thing for your child yeah um rather than you know we know better or the, the you know the parent knows better it's that fine line isn't it between pushing somebody um and being them being open and receptive to coaching Absolutely. and to the coaching moment to the coaching environment and and finding that balance and uh, i think the more authentic we are to our core values and what our business is about then the easier that is
0: You're listening to the coaching podcast brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit 5Degrees Felt F I V E at 5Degrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And the coaching podcast also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor, and performance coach, specialising in communication, women in leadership, and coach education for players, parents, clubs, and coaches right around the world. Visit EmmaDoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today.
3: Whatever way you can peel back the the, the layers on the onions, yep. you know I really do think um, that's that's how we get to it. And you've got to invest your time in getting to the root cause yeah. so that you can so that you can choose and make a choice at the end of the day. Yeah, as she did when she was on the farm.
1: Yep, didn't she? Absolutely. So make, make a choice
3: <laughs> when the, when the, when he dumps you for the fourth time. That's it. And Took
1: you, four times,
3: yeah, yeah, which I'm sure all of us can relate to. Actually, well, that's a that's there. a forest
1: for trees thing, isn't it? It's one of those things when you're probably had friends go, "What the hell are you doing?" Going yeah, back with to this, that again, with this
3: person, that's you know. Right. But
1: easy to say, but when you're the one in it, yes, yeah, it's very it's hard to see it because you know? of the emotions involved. But yeah, exactly. She
3: gets a moment, and um, the big city, the big smoke, yep, and, and moves to Melbourne, and interestingly goes, you know, after, after a brief stint in hospitality. Job um, bookkeeping. Yes. Has a job in bookkeeping. And one thing that jumped out at me, then she goes on to say, of course, she realized she loves people. Yes. Now, if you're a coach and you're listening to our show, I absolutely would want to put money on it that you equally have a passion to learn about people, understand people, their behaviors, why they do mm. this, why they, what are their triggers. Uh, I know. And isn't it a, a beautiful way to have an insight around, hey, yeah, that's that is a certain line of job that's uh, you know that's suitable for people that love numbers and number crunching yep, and absolutely. and and love you know processes and, and so forth and and coaches often do love people and I think it's a good quality to to have. What are your thoughts yeah. around?
1: Yeah. Well, I know cuz post that then Shelley after moving to Melbourne, you know, she got that job in in the call center and
3: You spoke about the call center being yeah. a microcosm of business. Yes. Could, uh, can you tell me what you meant by that?
1: Yeah, we've got um, a team of people. Uh, so, every depending on the size of the center, it might be one team, you know, with a manager, or it might be like when I started my career, there was 200 people in one physical open plan office, and you had multiple teams within. So, you've got these uh, fascinating structures of um, you've, when it's, I suppose, in a customer service role, you have systems, you've got processes. You've got a collection of people working together. So there's the team aspect. You've got uh, the the servicing of the the conversation with the customer itself. You've got all the metrics that come out of the dealing with that because you've got to run quite an efficient operation. You've got to schedule staffing. It tends to tap into most facets of business within a small, uh, quite isolated environment. Uh, So... It's an amazing place to find your feet and what you are naturally good at because there's an opportunity to try a lot of different things from HR to management to coaching to the technical sales sales service, uh, all the technical aspects of the the operation itself, the processes, policies, the training. So most facets of business are sort of uh, wrapped up within this local environment.
3: Which I think is great for young young people. Yes. It sounds, you know, that's what I liked about what you said. You know, yeah. sometimes a lot of young people that I that I mentor, oh, I'm not quite sure what I want to do yet. That's mm. okay. So having an experience where you can, you know, um, see the, the whole facet and the microcosm of business, it's a great opportunity.
1: And because, I mean, the thing I haven't mentioned, you're at the coalface of that business. So when people talk about what's a business and you get a lot of people that say that are graduates, that come out of that step into a marketing team, uh, or a senior operations team, or some sort of design team, or whatever you know, product development team. But they're not actually at the coalface where the you know the rubber hits the road for that business, uh, which is the front line of sales, the front line of customer service. So those that don't go through that pathway, forever and a day, they they miss something. In terms of the nature of that business, the reality of uh, the the business executing on its on its mm. uh, product or, or service. So, for those that come from the environment, you've got a perspective of
3: mm. the
1: reality of this, the the business in practice. I think that's important. And uh, you speak to you know senior execs now in businesses that have they've come from the coalface. Um, it gives them an advantage mm. and so I think wherever possible if you're someone that works in a business environment where you haven't experienced the front line seek out opportunities to do that whenever it presents itself
3: absolutely um, I agree I even I'm a big believer that the you know the people at the highest level in coaching at the you know say within Tennis Australia who are at the National Academy coaches mm. you know I, I think it is important that they understand what a good red ball lesson for Five to eight-year-olds looks like and feels like and sounds like and
1: get out ex- into the suburbs. Get yeah. out to a local court, the, the non-flashy. You know, you don't just go to Melbourne Park, and you know what I mean. Yeah, Look, get, out yeah, the the co- yeah. get out to the burbs. Get out to where yeah. where it really really yeah. happens, especially when it's if you're in a position to help influence grassroots development. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked yeah. about yeah you know, programs for women and girls and participation mm. and like the stuff that mm. Judy Murray's drives in the UK and now and through yourself even in Australia. Yeah, and,
0: with
3: the Miss Hits program and yeah. tennis on the road. So, um, what makes a great coach? Let's uh, if we shift gears, there isn't this an interesting answer.
1: Uh, to, this is um, well, we heard Claude Silver talk about this. Uh, we've heard a number of coaches reveal this one.
3: We have. But no one's revealed it in this way, so the answer, of course, is listen. Really listen. Yeah. That was her answer. Yes. Listen. Really listen. And then when she delved deeper, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. To understand. Meaning. To truly. So understand. first, well, she said first, listen to respond. Yep. And then the second lesson was to understand. Yep. How cool is that?
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, and it, it's, you know, it's it's core to technique that. Uh, uh, behind great customer service and sales. Yeah. Um, I love it. Three words listen. But to, really to, listen. Because yeah, listen
3: is one of our biggest, um, we, we we are 100% in alignment here, you and I. Yeah.
1: Well, we, just uh, the, the inherent nature of effective coaching. coaching. Yeah. You know, to be an effective coach, um, everything we talk about, you know, about not making assumptions um, requires asking good questions. This is true in business coaching as it is in sports coaching. Yeah. So you get input uh, because there's always it's you know you can have two people that say the same thing, but you know the the emotions that come forth by truly listening, uh, and especially if it's face to face, you got visual cues as well. So it's all right, listening with your eyes, if it's such a thing. No, it's taking in all the all the is, cues, isn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the audio. As well as the visual, mm-hmm. taking all of that as input before you formulate your response.
3: I wonder if our audience are really listening.
1: <laughs> well, that's where the pausing is. You know, we talk about the power, the power of, the of the pause, pause. Um, which you and so I are both important. big on. Um, in those gaps, in those moments, you know, it's it, it provides opportunity. So even if, as the coach, you are the one talking, the pauses allow your audience to pay more attention to the, the detail of what you're saying. And, you know, I've just mentioned pausing and suddenly I introduce a few more pauses and space in between my words, even as I'm talking now. And it changes its effectiveness. I think it, it's resonance with the listener. So I think uh, being mindful of listening both when you're talking, that the how you present yourself to maximise the ability of someone else to listen, listen. to you and and obviously asking good questions to and create an environment and being okay with silence to give that space rather than interjecting all the time so that person that is a bit quieter has the time to think through their response and then and then say something.
3: I don't know what you're talking about, Simon. All right, let's go, kids. Okay. Everyone line up on the baseline. <laughs> I want you to turn to the side. I want you to take your racket back. Full contact and follow through. Come on, come on, come on. Great shot. Awesome work. Okay, let's go. Let's go again. Let's go, go, go. Come on, you can do it. No, I told you, to change your grip on that one. Gets yeah, higher loop, biggest swing shape. Come on, round faster through the ladder. No, uh, you
1: can't Sorry, can... sorry. Are you oh. calling a oh. race or? A... <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Okay, I used to
1: maybe. Who won, who won that horse race? <laughs> maybe,
3: coach, like that. Not anymore. Not anymore. That was well and truly uh, minus chapter one. But no, a yeah. um, bit of verbal diarrhoea, of course. We're, n- we're not a huge fan of that. No. And um, But uh, I love that answer. Listen, really listen. Shall we actually now listen to the question she has for us?
1: Absolutely. And this one is a beauty.
3: Ooh, I'm looking forward to hearing it.
1: Do you have a question that you'd like to ask Emma and myself and for our audience more broadly?
2: I do. Uh, my question is, uh, because I have my own views on this, so my question is, when are you allowed to give up on the person that you're coaching?
1: Wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> when are you allowed to give up on the person that you are coaching?
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, oh, that's that's brilliant. Love it. Um, I'm not going to say anything else. We'll leave that, no. to,
2: <laughs> leave that for the show. Leave that to ferment. For our audience, because...
1: <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. Um, mm. That's awesome. Really love that question. Thank you so much. <laughs>
2: that's okay. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah,
1: no worries, Shelley. It's been an absolute pleasure. So Emma, what's your reaction? I love I love this question.
3: Yeah. So the question itself.
1: A bit controversial.
3: Yeah. So we'll just repeat it so all our listeners can start to think about their their responses to it as well. When. Are you allowed to give up on a person that you are coaching? When are you allowed to give up on a person that you are coaching? Now, straight straight away, what came to my mind was around, I went to back in the days when I was coaching on the road, more at a high performance level. And often there comes a time where as a coach, my number one job in the earlier formative years, for example, is to make myself redundant. So if I do my job well enough, then I'm going to give that player the tools that they need based on my skill set so that they're ready to then go to the next level of coach or to the next whatever that might be. Move beyond you. Yeah, it's very rare that a coach can actually take a player in the sporting world, from five years of age yeah. right through to right through to high performance, it's
1: a different approach for the different stages and
3: time yeah, commitment involved, yeah, and travel, traveling with them, and, all that. and yeah. so forth. So, if I can do my job, first of all, I've got to know myself and my skill set yep. to know when it's okay to actually a have the conversation to say, you know what, mm. now I've got you to hear. Mm. I think this time to let
1: you go, <laughs> yeah,
3: and spread your wings.
1: Is that truly giving up though?
3: No. No, it's, it's, um, it's having – well, it depends how you define yeah, yeah. define the yeah. question. But that, that's what I guess first came to sprung mind, to mind. Is, is sprung to mind is about um, making myself redundant. Yeah. When, when, when is that time? And then, of course, the, the next part of that, because that's all about me, Yep. Okay. The next part of that is actually me truly understanding them and how are they responding to my information? How, if I've, say, I'm not getting the best out of them and mm. I change my approach, I change my approach, I change my approach three, four times, yep. and I'm still getting disinterested, someone who's not wanting to be there, someone who's, who's not yep. open to learning and not open, yep. that's when that authentic conversation, and in my situation, often that has to come with the parent. Yeah. Cuz remember I've got that triangle. It's not just me and, and my coachee. I've got the you know it's often and, and the higher up the tree you go don't forget that the triangles even bigger because mm. you've got the then the physio other the sp-
1: stakeholders. That's right.
3: Yeah. That's right. So often and then the parent
1: Sponsors.
3: Yeah, the parent <laughs> don't forget if often if you're not also giving them what they want yeah. for their child they're going to they're going to fire you pretty quickly. And yeah. so So
1: Especially it's, if it's more about the parent than it yeah, is about the athlete. So, so, so it's
3: probably a bit of a roundabout. I don't know if that was
1: yeah. super clear. No, no. Uh, look, because in the business world... Um, yeah, please and, and share. following from what you just said, and, and especially with, I think, uh, kids and where the parent is a major part of that uh, relationship. And, and I see that because you'll have situations, no doubt, when uh, the kid is doing the sport, not because they want to, but because the parent wants to. Yeah. And so... They're maybe not receptive to the learning because Absolutely. their their attitude, not even their fault, but the attitude sucks. Just because they, don't they just be don't want to be there. So, yeah. um, so in the business world, in the business world, where you get a lot of situations with um, uh, individuals that end up coming to a training session, a coaching, coaching session, session, part of whatever the program is of measurement or, or training, coaching, part of a yeah. package that they're just there because they've been told to be there, and because the business requires them to be there. And so that's a challenge because it's up to myself to sell the benefits. Hopefully the business has done a fair bit of that already prior to them even arriving and me arriving. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to establish credibility. I've got to, you know, what's in it for them. And I've got to, that can be different for each individual, let alone the, the collective. But, I suppose my initial reaction or first reaction to mm. Shelley's when question to give up? is I suppose those horrible, horrible situations that are rare. But uh, as a manager, as a coach, you sometimes find yourself in where you're dealing with someone who is so resistant to you and your message and your coaching. They just don't want to learn. They don't want to change. They don't want to, can't be bothered with the whole process.
3: Or don't see a problem.
1: And don't see there's a problem to start with, but where there's an underlying attitude that's actually not even underlying. It's probably very overt and it's there, especially in a training room situation, just like the classic classroom situation in school where you get the disruptive student and they decide to take a stand and make it all about them and ruin it for everyone else. And... As the trainer, just like as a teacher and as as a coach, you have a responsibility in those moments for the greater good to take action action and to uh, address it in whatever way is appropriate. Sometimes that's directly to them in front of everyone else because they've made that situation. But normally it would be take them away, have a chat to them, give them an opportunity, tell them in no uncertain terms that their behaviour is unacceptable and why. Um, But at the end of the day, happy to, if they're prepared to let that go and Mm. um, come back in with freshness and be be open to... Then give them, let yeah, you know, give them a chance. Give them that choice. So at the end of the day, it is a choice that they make. Mm. And then if they choose to act up again, then you, you take them out. You take what? them out of the equation. Literally remove them from the from the environment.
3: There's a there's a great NLP uh, technique. It says um, it's says simply if you can imagine a, a straight line on a sheet of paper. It says, are you playing above or below the line? Yep. So it's again, give them the choice. If they want to play above the line, then they're going to have choice. Um, uh, 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 options and freedom in their decision-making. And if they want to play below the line, they're going to be doing mainly um, deny, blame, yep. justify, yep. and then quit. Yep. So it's it actually is a process that, you know, I see it all the time when, say, for example, a kid throws his racket. First thing he's going to deny <laughs> that it even happened five times in the match. Yeah. You know, it only happened once. What are you talking about yet, mm. you know, statistically or, or video proof? Yep. Yeah. And then it'll blame Well, I threw it because he was hooking me. Yeah. Okay. And then we go down to. He deserved um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, just, it justifies the answer like yeah, yeah. you just did then. And then I'll quit. Well, I don't care. Well, then hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll find myself a new coach if you, you know, yeah. rah, rah, rah. So I, I love that technique though. And, and I like, I like your answer there. Um, you know, and I think interestingly, again, if we could pick up in the wording of her question, allowed.
0: Yeah. yeah. So she's
3: asking us as coaches, so audiences. Yeah. when are we allowed and then also the words give up i find this is why it's such a fascinating question
1: yeah it's give basically up. quit uh, to quit to
3: quit i and don't know if i've ever it's like you know walk, and it's to
1: walk away literally yeah. to walk away um, See,
3: if i reframe it i'm okay with it yeah, yeah simon but if i think give up i mean i no matter what i, I just
1: well i think when the, there's there's lines that get crossed yeah um behaviorally that are and to your, core, to your core values? Yeah, to core values or just to...
3: Non-negotiables and they've you know, stepped over.
1: Stepped over. You know, there could be, whether it's abuse mm. um, and, and it's in various forms um, and or complete disruption to an environment or a mm. situation that's damaging um, and has real risks associated with it, then, you know, welcome to leadership. At the end of the day, you have to make certain decisions for yourself and that could be, you know, look, I choose not to have you as my client. I choose not to have you as my customer. I choose not to coach you because actually it doesn't fit with my values. And I think every coach has, you've got a right to, But and it's interesting the language around allowed because I think, it obviously goes against what we're all about. We're not talking about giving up on just challenging situations mm. that are mm. difficult or, or I'm uncomfortable or people.
3: Because we have that,
1: you know. No, that's a, you know, we're not quitters. We, we, and
3: I think we, have we find an in- ways through. And inherent uh, belief that yes. our player, you know, like I've always said to you, we we see more in them than they see in themselves. So Absolutely, it, it does. It's, the whole wording is, is a and
1: with experience, you've seen most situations, you know, and but. I'm talking about where there's another level again and it makes you feel and others I- inherently uncomfortable as a person. And, and that's where you just got to call it out um, for, for what it is and uh, be prepared to, to walk away. So yeah, that for me, that's when you're allowed because it's the allowing you sort of going against the norm as a coach. So you have to give yourself permission that it's okay in this situation mm. because it's extreme mm. to make that decision and be okay with that.
3: Sometimes on the court I just go, you know, yellow card, red card. Yep. Like it's a, it yep. is a soccer analogy but a lot of kids are playing soccer yeah. these days and, you, you know, that's a good way they well, know. It cuts it's,
1: through, doesn't it? cuts through and you don't yep. have to
3: say, you can say it's, this is a choice first yep. and foremost, you know, warning, okay, yellow card. You don't even need to say and, and justify. They'll know often. Hmm. They'll keep... Especially kids, they know when they've overstepped the mark. They know when
1: yeah. it's
3: not okay to do what they've just done. Yeah. And um, and I'm, I'm
1: actually thinking of another situation. Going back to what we've referenced a couple of times, the best coaching experience with that gentleman that didn't have the self awareness. So uh, think about a situation, and I'm wondering, I suppose, the question to you for a situations where the self awareness never actually kicks in, even with all the measurement, all the objective. Uh, data, insight, um, you've tried a number of different strategies and uh, the person becomes, I suppose, he's delusional. You know, that they live a delusion of, so therefore the need to change, the need to develop, the need to improve never enters their, mm. their headspace. Mm. Mm. And so at what point in that context is it, mm. do you have to call it? Yeah. You
3: know? Or do you have to, you've opened, like you've tried that door, You've tried that door, and then say you've within your coaching toolkit. Yep. You've maybe even tried ten others, yeah. and it's still not working. That's where I think also um, referrals are good yeah. um, in in your business. You know what? I think actually who you need to see yes. is Simon. Yeah. Because I'm not um, providing the information to you in a way where you're seeing the need need yeah. for, for any change, and that so they might not
1: ever be there because of the, not. the personality of it the might individual. Not. Um, but sometimes
3: it is also about the fit. Yes, because it could be for Absolutely. whatever reason. You know, remember we, we've spoke about the first seven yep. seconds. Have already the the coach e might have already formed an, an opinion or yep. imp- an impression about who I am as 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 their yep. coach.
1: And well, maybe, and you could be the first person that's com- that, that's. Put this challenging data information in their face up to that point maybe someone else hasn't been brave enough to do that and so that's fed the Mm. the lack or hasn't helped self-awareness develop Mm. and it's only with uh and any parent out there will (laughs) understand the challenge of with with your with kids uh as, as they develop you know the you know your voice they don't necessarily respond to you need someone else. It needs that different voice. Yes. You could say exactly the same thing. But in
3: a different but way.
1: Different way or even the same way but because it's coming from Something. literally a different person.
0: Yep. Tonality. Uh,
1: and, and it's because of oh, now they've heard it from multiple sources, mm-hmm. from someone they do trust and has credibility in their eyes. Now then they start to believe uh, the message. So... Yeah, uh, it's a fascinating question. Yeah, I'd love
3: some responses from yeah. our audience yep. out there on our maybe on our Facebook page. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that question? Yeah, it's um, a, a great little curveball, Shelley threw us today. Yeah. Loved it.
1: Absolutely. So, um, thank you, Emma, for another great episode. Thanks to Shelly. Yeah, yeah, for, awesome. Uh, giving us some great, uh, great stuff to work with today. So. Big thanks to this episode's featured guest, Shelley Flett, leadership and team performance coach and consultant. With over a decade of experience in operations and call centers across the banking industry, Shelley works with leaders and teams to increase their productivity, staff retention and engagement, customer satisfaction, and advocacy for change. Visit shellyflett.com to find out more about her services and to access her highly valued content. And please find and connect with her on LinkedIn. And you can also see Shelley in action as she co-hosts her brand new video show with yours truly, yes me, Simon Blair, in Contact Centres Uncensored, where together we engage in cut-through conversations for leaders. You can check it out via our show Facebook page or on YouTube. Just search Contact Centres, that's C-E-N-T-R-E-S, Contact Centres Uncensored.
0: The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centers. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor, and performance coach. My name's Jane Neal, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening.